the great 20th century theologian Karl Barth was once asked what is the greatest theological truth that he could ever imagine. And his answer was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And perhaps it's based upon that anthem, where are you, John, come forward. And Judy, come forward. It's uh, fitting that uh, that anthem and that song, Jesus loves me, this I know, uh, would be uh, that which precedes our presentation to these two servants of the Lord who have been, who have graced our ministry over uh, the course of 25 years or so. And uh, I guess if you add it up, it's close to 50 years, the two of you together. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're still fighting. I see, yeah, yeah. And that's not to mention, of course, uh, a long uh, history of music that preceded their coming here. So we uh, think of other churches that have been graced by their ministry. And um, so we have a lot to celebrate today, these two who have graced our midst. And we have been celebrating over the last several weeks, including this past Friday night. We had a little roast of these two, and I think we got them pretty good. So we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we are grateful for that. But we are so thankful to the two of you for what you have done in our midst and how you have led us in worship, how you have allowed us to be drawn closer and closer to the throne of grace uh, through your leadership and through your passion and through your gifts and through the ways by which you have led others uh, along the way to help us to grow closer and closer to Jesus Christ in our walk. So we want to just take this moment to say thank you. Our congregation has uh, has pulled together and we have uh, two uh, gifts for you. A gift for Judy is for, thank you for your work and for John. And I believe inside both of those are incentives to take, uh, to take a cruise. And, um, <laughs> and John, for you to go to Disney World, because I know I, it's going from one Mickey Mouse operation to another, so. <laughs> But would you uh, please say thanks to these people for their gifts? Thank you, brother. Did uh, we enjoy each other working together? We have formed some families up there, right, choir? We're families, yeah, okay. Um, but you've taught us how to love. You've taught us how to be with Christ, not only in our music, but in our everyday events, in the way we enter a room, in the way we exit a room, in the way we say hello. If Christ is not in us, then all the talent that we have is no good. And we present to you, we presented to you over these past 25 years, I hope, a Christ-related talent that in some way has touched everybody in this room, and I thank you. And from me, I wanna say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support um, throughout the working with my son. <laughs> <laughs>
and with the children. Um, they were a very special part of me, and I hope that I have inspired them to continue their journey with Christ. Thank, Thank you. you. Now let us continue our worship in prayers. Most gracious and loving God, we thank you for calling us together here to worship you and to hear your words and to hear your love through music and words. We thank you especially this morning that we get to give you thanks officially for your servants, uh, Judy and John, for their ministries of long years here that they have provided with joy and gratitude to your love to them. We thank you for all that they have taught us and the ways they have led us. We thank you for not only their music ministry, for being how they practice your children in their humanness in interaction with all those who cross their path all through these years. We now ask you for your blessing to continue to go with them, upon them, wherever they decide to go and have fun all day, each day. And we pray that you will continue to uh, help us remember the goodness in them and help us now to be welcoming and loving towards them as they become among us instead of our leaders. We also pray that you will continue to bring them around and we give you thanks that they are not running away and flying away, moving away geographically. Help us all continue to be your family of faith here at Church of the Palms as we give thanks for the ministries and leadership of Judy and John, we also give you thanks for the two saints among us that you have taken home yesterday. We remember Jim Pippinger and also Pete Phillips. We give you thanks for their lives and pray for their wives and children and family who love them. We continue to pray for those that are among us who are not well this day. Uh, we lift them up into your powerful and healing hands. We also remember to give you thanks and pray for those who serve in the military and mission field. And we remember all those who we love who are not able to be here in person. Bless each and every one of them and give them their needs according to your will. We bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
us pray. Our dear and loving God, we give you thanks for all your love and blessing we receive all day long each day. At this moment in worship, accept our love and gratitude through these offerings we bring to you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. And Lori and the children and third graders. Good morning, come on down. This is such an exciting day for us. Not, hi Serena, not only are Mr. F and Miss Judy starting their next journey, their next step on the journey with Christ, our third graders are gonna take a new step in their journey with Christ when they get their Bibles today, their first ones from the church. But before we, sorry about that, before we do that, I want to catch you guys up really quickly with what we're going to be doing in kids' worship. And remember how Moses had been leading the Israelites through the desert? And then remember how last week two of the spies told the truth? One of those spies was Joshua. And Joshua is now leading the Israelites after Moses died. And they're ready to go in, and they see the city that God says they can take, and it's called Jericho. Well, guess what? There is a huge wall around Jericho. But they have a big army, so they think, oh, we're just going to go knock this wall down. But God says, no, 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 that's not how we're going to do this one, guys. You know what we're going to do? Take your whole army, take seven priests with seven trumpets, walk around that city for seven days, and on the seventh day, walk around it seven times, and you know what happened? The walls came tumbling down. Now, people that don't know our God might go, gosh, how could that possibly happen? They don't know that our God keeps his promises. And with that, I want to tell you three main reasons that we read our Bibles. First of all, we have to read them so we know what promises God makes for us. The second reason we read them is so that we discover how much God loves each one of us. And the third reason is that we learn that we can trust God no matter what our circumstances are. So with that, would my third graders just stand up right where you are? Oh, great. And what I would like to do is I'm going to let you say your name, and Pastor Steve is going to give you your Bible. Stuart McFall. Stuart McFall. Thanks, Stuart. Serena Elizabeth Carpenter. Thank you. Ella Emrich. Thanks, Ella. We're going to go way back to you, Quinn. Quinn Brennan. Matthew Clifton. Excellent. Last but not least. Clara May Homeister. Clara May Homeister. Thanks. Great, and we're so glad that you guys got your Bibles today, and we get to rejoice today because God has given us his word so that we would know about his promises, that we would know that we could trust him, that we can know that he loves us forever. And, you know, the Bible is kind of like a love letter. It's just sort of a letter that God gives to us to remind us always, every day as we read our Bibles, that God's promises are true that we can trust him for everything and that he will love us forever. So let's keep that in mind as we uh, not only study our Bibles for our third graders, but as we all enjoy our time with our Bibles throughout each and every day. 
And before Pastor Steve prays for us, I want to remind the third grade parents to come out with us for an orientation with your child. Let's pray. We thank you, O oh God, that you gave us your word in your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you for your word that we find in the Bible, and we ask, O oh God, that you will help us always to remember how much you love us, that we can trust you, and that your promises are true, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Just a couple of service notes before reading the scripture this morning. First of all, after the sermon, we will have our final hymn, which is inserted in your bulletin, and you will want to follow along with us as the whole congregation and all the choirs will perform, and you will be led in your singing by Genevieve, so we hope that you will uh, pay attention to those details. And then also, after the benediction and the benediction response, we invite you to be seated after that so that we could listen to the post through that would be paid, played by John. Let us now turn to the word of scripture as it comes to us from the book of Revelation, chapter seven, verses nine through 17. We've been looking at the Beatitudes of Jesus uh, that are found at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew's Sermon on the Mount in chapter five. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at another form of beatitude and blessing today that's actually found in Revelation. Revelation is filled with beatitudes and blessings, and uh, we thought it perhaps very germane today to take a look at this particular blessed community that we find in Revelation chapter 7, beginning at verse 9. Hear the word of God. The apostle writes and says, After this, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and on the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where are they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are one that knows. And then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. And they will hunger no more and thirst no more. And the sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. When we survey the wondrous cross, O Lord, we are reminded of how much you love us and how worthy you are to be worshiped. We rejoice, O Lord, that you reveal to us your love and your word made flesh and in the word of scripture and ask that we may reflect even more upon these truths, these promises you have for us. This we ask in Christ's name, amen. I had lunch with a friend of mine a couple of days ago up on Anna Maria Island, and he was eager to show me a picture he had on his iPhone. It was a picture of he and his wife standing on the beach here on the west coast somewhere, and and behind them was the setting sun and the sky ablaze with, with all imaginable colors refracted across the clouds. It was a stunning picture husband and wife in love, smiles ear to ear, and the heavens behind them declaring the glory of God. He told me that he wanted to hold on to that picture for the rest of his life, if not in his iPhone, at least in his mind. It touched something deep inside of him. The philosopher Plato, in trying to make sense of experiences and moments like this, theorized that as real as these moments seem to be, as real as these experiences seem to be to us, these experiences really are but a shadow of something even more real, more true, something that Plato called the forms Plato suggested that there was a form of reality that we could see not with the naked eye that informs our existence, everything that that we experience in this world. The forms, these invisible realities, in a sense cast their shadows upon the world and that our days of living are living in this shadow world, participating the best we can in the small glimpses of something more real, more true that exists in this higher plane of reality. So that whatever we experience, whether it's goodness or truth or beauty in this world, kind of like my friend on that beach, We are simply experiencing or gaining a glimpse of this greater invisible plane. We are being informed, Plato would say, by the forms. Well, fast forward a few hundred years, and as Jesus is walking the dusty trails of Palestine, he speaks of something called the kingdom of heaven. And he says that the kingdom of heaven, though not visible to the naked eye, is in your midst. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. The shadows of the kingdom are here for you to experience, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor, to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly, to hunger and thirst for righteousness. These are the moments, Jesus says, when we touch that greater plane, the kingdom of heaven. Seek First, Jesus says, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. Christians are people convinced that the way of Christ, 
the teaching of Christ, the life of Christ, leads us to a greater participation in the true reality, the kingdom of heaven. So now in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John writes to the persecuted church in what is now Western Turkey, then a region called Asia Minor, and he is quite aware, the Apostle, quite aware that their efforts to live the Christian life and to worship the Christian God are being met by severe persecution and great sanction. So the Apostle shares with them this vision of the higher plane, of the invisible yet true reality the forms, as it were. And he reminds the persecuted church that in heaven, the true reality is the worship of God. The worship of God day and night. That the heavenly community bows down before God day and night. They sing hosannas they wave their palm branches, and they offer blessings to God day and night. Having been washed in the blood of the Lamb, the redeemed community experiences the great joy of praising God. And so John would say, the apostle, that when the church in this world gathers and worships, they are participating in the forms in the kingdom of heaven. They are participating when we worship in the greater plane. That when the organ bellows and stirs our spirits, when a voice lifts us to a heightened sense of the divine, when, when bells chime us into periods of meditation, when chorales blend a unifying harmony, when the congregation stands and lets forth a hymn of glory, the apostle would say that though these be shadows, we are nevertheless participating in the business of heaven. We are, in a very real sense, rehearsing for the real show. So we give thanks today for those who led us for years in the rehearsal. John and Judy, who made it their business to prepare us for that time when all knees will bow and all tongues will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We give thanks to those who gave us a glimpse through the shadows of what the real world looks like. They will take their place now in our pews over the next few weeks and they will sing along with us. And they will be happy not to have to worry about microphones and organ stops and sheet music. <laughs> no, they will be glad just to make their own joyful noise, to be rehearsed by others, all for the day when all of us will witness what the apostle reminds us it will be. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, 
and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God singing, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.
and the benediction response, we remind you to be seated for the playing of the postlude. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.
This live telecast came to you from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. Thank you.